Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Dio, and my total passion in life is to do anything and everything I can to help you get closer to God. I figure if we can do that, it's going to impact every other area of your life, from your finances to your family to your job and without a doubt, your eternity. Sure, we'll talk musical worship, but more than anything, we'll talk fellowship and real friendship with our Heavenly Father. Abundant life done right. Our mission at the Pure Worship Podcast is to help you discover or rediscover that walking and talking full of purpose connection with God, that you might also empower others in the same way. So be encouraged and join the conversation as we go on the journey together. Today on the Pure Worship Podcast, Josh and I continue discussing the who of worship as we break down a little idea we like to call American idolatry. Whatever you do, don't tune out. This is one of those topics where we all believe we're exempt or else we'd rather just remain ignorant, especially when it comes to our potential involvement with any type of idolatry. If we're honest, we'll recognize that there is a great compromise that has crept into the church, one where we chase the things of this world looking for satisfaction in our lives, mostly outside of God. One where we open ourselves up to worshiping both God and the things of this world, both God and God's created things, both God and ministry, both God and the ideologies of this post-Christian era. So we're going to face these challenges head on today. A couple things to expect. Josh challenges us in the same way Elisha did on Mount Carmel to stop wavering between two opinions. If God is God, then we must stop giving ourselves to other lovers and simply serve him. And I give a bold challenge that asks us to go beyond simply receiving what our pastors say in church to the point where we also study the word of God deeply for ourselves so we can truly know that we know that we're worshiping being the one true God. All right, let's pray and we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we present ourselves before you today with humility. We are asking for ears to hear and eyes to see what you see. Help us, Lord, identify any areas in our lives where we are consumed by anything other than you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, let's go ahead and dive into this Tuesday's Pure Worship Podcast entitled American Idolatry. All right, Josh. Yo, man, I look forward to chatting with you every time about Me too. this stuff. I love you, man. I, I love you like, I love you like burritos. <laughs> Like Chipotle dude, burritos. With Mrs. Renfro's. Oh, dude. <laughs> salsa. Scream. So delicious. Jalapeno salsa. I like my salsa spicy. Dude, you got, they got to get that. They got to go try that stuff out. I mean, you would think it's possible maybe Mrs. Renfro's will actually sponsor this podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this half hour brought to you by Mrs. Renfro's. 
It's not actually happening yet, but it could. Come on, Jesus. Let's declare that. You know? Because, like, he's spicing things up in our lives, you know? <laughs> let's just, let's stop. Let's just. But yeah, you, you're the one who started I'm this sorry. with the whole burrito thing. I'm like, very sorry. You love me like burritos with Mrs. Redfoss. Anyways, <laughs> we love it. I love chatting with you, man. I mean, it's just awesome just hanging out with you, period. But Yeah. But just love talking about deep stuff, you know? I mean, we're getting wrecked even as we bring these things. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I I don't want people to feel like we're just, you know, we think, oh, we've got this revelation and so we're just going to download it to you. Like we have been, whoo, we've just been on our face, just yeah. praying. The Lord has been working in our lives over years and years, you know, and has bringing some things that we just want to share. It's honestly. really not about pontificating and looking down. On, it's really about revelating. We're just kind of like, okay, Lord, this is kind of stuff you're showing us and, and man, I'm just so thankful for you. I'm excited about uh, Awakening Peer Worship, this book. Mm. Um, and I'm not just name dropping that uh, yep. for people listening to the, the podcast. Guys, seriously, if we can get a hold of some of these truths that Jeff is talking about in this book, I think it, uh, I think it would really radically change our lives. So, man, today uh, we're just kind of diving right in and yep. uh, talking about who are we worshiping. So the last couple podcasts, we've been kind of diving into that. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life to the Father. And it's just been really refreshing and just kind of gripping my heart. So I'm excited about today, man, just talking about some of these obstacles that keep us from coming to the Father. Are It's idolatrous stuff. So can't really wait to is. talk about it. Yep. Yeah, the chapter in the book is called American Idolatry. However, it certainly is not just limited to America. Right. <laughs> There's going to be people all over the world that are listening to this mm-hmm. podcast. And uh, you might kind of shake your head like, yeah, America kind of has the corner on the market. But of course, that's not true. The whole world is wrapped up in idolatry totally. in many ways. And that is God's hardest. He wants to set us free from worshiping the things that he's created. Yeah. How odd it is that we would worship the created things rather than the creator. So weird. I mean, honestly, Josh, if we just get that one thing straight right there, we yeah. didn't have to do this podcast. Right. <laughs> uh, let's just jump in here. So uh, the first quote at the beginning of the chapter is from Charles Spurgeon. I mean, you know, we like to just slice and dice here, right? <laughs> It says this, nothing teaches us about the preciousness of the creator as much as when we learn the emptiness of everything else. Yeah, wow. I got to go. I got to got some got some things I got to do here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> My heart. <laughs> it's like we want to be awakened to who God is, but we don't really want to. I know, man. Because really what it's going to do is it's going to show us how empty everything else is. Yeah. And, and you know, we can, we know this, Josh. I mean, God has made a beautiful place for us to live. Now, it's not the end because he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Yep. But he's made a beautiful earth. But it's a reflection of who he is. It's not who he is. It's yeah. not It's not the thing to worship. It, it's not the end all. It's not the epitome. It is a reflection of who he is. And yeah. it's something to be enjoyed. Yep. Uh, so we're not saying that, you know, when you were sitting in front of a sunset, suddenly we're saying that's just empty. That's empty. But compared to to the sunset of God, like who he is, the beauty of who he is, a sunset that is beautiful, that he created, that brings glory to him, still is empty. It's a picture and a glimpse of his unsurpassing beauty and glory and amazingness. Yeah. So we're going to talk about idolatry. And, you know, right now you're probably like reaching for the off button or whatever, because you're thinking, oh, well, you know, that's not me. 
But Josh, bro, like we all wrestle with this stuff. This is not just Old Testament stuff. This is not just, oh, you know, if you don't have a statue of a wooden idol in your house, then you're not involved in idolatry. I mean, we, we've talked about in past podcasts that everyone worships all the time. Yep. So, you know, in trying to process, and this is one of the things I've been trying to do over the last two, I would say probably the last five years, I'm just like, okay, Lord, if you're giving us all this idolatry stuff, especially in the Old Testament, though there is stuff in the New Testament as well, how does that apply to me? That's always my number one goal when I come to the Word of God is, okay, these stories, they seem like they don't really apply, kind of bored with it, this, whether it's a genealogy or some story about idolatry. But I'm like, okay, if it's in here, it has a purpose for my life. Yeah. So how does this apply to me? And so the Lord started showing, and of course you guys know this stuff, but the Lord started showing me that we have, uh, we are we are worshiping things that should not be worshipped in our lives. And honestly, whatever it is, whatever it is that we're putting value on, it could be our money, it could be a relationship. Uh, could be a hundred different things, but we are many times putting those things in place of God. And when we do that, then that's idolatry because there's this longing that God has placed inside of us that is desiring, that is hungering for God. Mm. I mean, literally God made us, and it's like we talked in the past, we're wired for worship, right? He made us with this longing deep inside. People talk about the God-shaped hole, yeah. you know, whatever, however you want to say it, the God-shaped hole that it can't be filled with anything else but God. Yet we spend our entire lives trying to fill that hole with something other than God. Yep. And when we do that, that is idolatry. And we're not, you know, God's not saying you better not be involved in idolatry or you're going to hell. No, I mean, again, it's the whole shoot yourself in the foot thing. He's not the one that's hurting us because he's punishing us because of our idolatry. He's wired us in such a way that we're hurting ourselves when we are involved in idolatry. So look at this, man. So just kind of seeing the transition in the Old Testament between Joshua yeah. and then the book of Judges. Mm -hmm. Like you have this crazy thing where people who saw the goodness of the Lord and remembered what God had done. It's in the last chapter in the book of Joshua uh, in chapter 24. It talks about like those people that remembered, they, they kept the statutes of the Lord. But then eventually these people forgot the Lord. And man, you slam into the book of Judges and like, you know, for instance, like, they infuriated the Lord because they followed after the Ashtoreths and the Baals. Yes. Like, so guys, here's the deal. I just want to say this blanketed statement that we are all susceptible to idol worship. There's yes. not one. It's it's kind of like the enemy's natural grip on our lives is to move toward those things. So for real, maybe maybe you're kind of like, ah, this podcast isn't for me. Guys, I'm telling you, this is for all of us. Yes. Really, we really need to have the Lord highlight. We're not going to sit and bark it and preach at you. But guys, even for myself, I'm just like, Lord... I need you to expose the idols in my own heart because I need to move forward. And honestly, these things keep us yes. from seeing the Lord in a right way and worshiping him in a right way. Honestly, guys, like part of the issue is here is that we pick and choose and we make our own God. Yeah. And so literally if we're going through the scriptures and we're, cause I've heard people say in these conversations, you hear somebody say something like, Oh, well my God would never do that. Yeah. Or my God would never be against this. Yeah. 
But guys, if it says it in the Bible, we can't cherry pick scriptures and then assume that we're still worshiping the same God totally. of the Bible. Right. So let's say there's uh, 2,500 characteristics of our God, but we only like 2,300 of them. <laughs> you know, so the math, uh, we, we're going to scrap 200 of those. Well, when we take those 200 characteristics out of God that we don't like, we have in essence created our own God. Yeah. And we no longer are worshiping the God of the Bible. Right. So if you don't accept the things of who he is as he's revealed in the Bible, then you are actually, we are actually worshiping a God that doesn't exist. Totally. A God with a small G instead of God with a big G. One that we've made. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, man, if you don't mind, could I jump into that Zephaniah verse? Let's Guys, listen. So like what Jeff is saying, it, we don't necessarily have to have an idol of metal or wood that we bow down to in our own little private thing at home. But guys, here's the deal. What really the Lord is highlighting to us is this mixture, this compromise thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of uh, Elijah on top of Mount Carmel with the 950 prophets of Baal and Asherah. And man, he says this. He says this, dude. He says, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? Yep. If Yahweh is God, then serve him. And if, if Baal is God, then serve him. But here's the deal. It's like this mixture thing, this compromise thing. This is what he's getting at. And the scripture I want to share is out of Zephaniah chapter one. And it's verse five and six. It says, these people bow down in worship on the rooftops to the heavenly host, the sun, moon, and stars. And those who bow and pledge loyalty to the Lord, but also pledge loyalty mm. to Milcom or Molech, mm. and those who turn back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. And really, man, that's kind of what you're, you're pressing the nerve today, and yep. it's making me very uncomfortable, and I don't like it. <laughs> but you're touching on this thing of this compromise that yes. has crept into the church. Yep. Well, and, and to me, the scary thing was when I came across that passage... I was like, oh my word, because I had this idea. Honestly, Josh, I have kind of tuned out when people start talking about idolatry. Yeah. Because I'm like, ah, yeah, that's not me. You know, commandments one and two, I've got that down. Yeah, me too. Like no other idols before him, you know, mm -hmm. that whole thing. But it's just not true. Yeah. And the scary thing was I always imagined it to be an either or. Like, well, you're either worshiping God or you're worshiping some other false God. Totally. And that scripture that you just read changes all of that because now it's not either or it's you could actually be doing both yeah. you could actually be going to church singing the songs listening to the sermon fellowshipping with all the people and at the same time worshiping the ideologies of Molech now look you're not probably having a, 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 a seance in your house or you probably don't have a shrine. You know, right. some people, of course, that's becoming more popular in America, honestly. Mm -hmm. And we don't want that, obviously. But this is not necessarily you going home and worshiping the actual statues. But guess what? If you adopt the ideologies of these foreign gods... If you adopt the things of the Eastern religions or other religions and you mm -hmm. try to adopt those things, just the concepts into your life, you are, we are worshiping idols. Yeah. So you could literally be worshiping God. And that's what that verse says. Can you read that again? Uh, verse five and or six, where it says that they were doing both also. Yeah. Wow, man. This is such a crazy thing. These people bow down and worship on their rooftops to the heavenly host. 
And uh, to those who bow down and pledge loyalty to the Lord, but also pledge loyalty to Molech. So there it is. So they so they pledge loyalty to the Lord, as we all of us probably listening to this podcast, we all pledge loyalty to the Lord. Yeah. But is it possible? And this is scary. But is it possible that we also pledge loyalty to the ideologies of this world? Yeah. To the ways of this world, and maybe don't even realize it. Or we think that because we worship God, it erases all those other things that we worship. <gasps> but it doesn't. Right. And of course, you can't worship both God and Molech and be a believer. You yeah. can't worship both God and the things of this world and be a believer. So it challenges us deeply. We got to know who we worship. We can't cherry pick. We have to understand and it's going to take a searching of the scriptures or reading of the scriptures from each of us, not just listening to our pastor, right? Some, some people just like, Hey, I get fed when I go to church. That's awesome. You need to study when you're at home. Yeah. Like you need to go search the word and know who God is so that you actually know you're worshiping the right God. Yeah. Who is he? So, I mean, it's an incredible, it's a challenging thing. I know that, um, you know, one of the stories that comes to my mind uh, is a story that my dad told me years ago about a missionary who went overseas to uh, like a third world country and uh, was in a very impoverished area uh, where the people really had very little. So he's helping serve this church and he's just experiencing these incredible worship services uh, with these people who have nothing. Literally, they're poor uh, and, and barely even have any type of roof over their head when they're worshiping and they have very little. And so the missionary just is overwhelmed, goes to the pastor of this local church, says, how is it that you guys can be so passionate about, about this God when you have nothing? Yeah. And, and the pastor just smiled and looked lovingly at the, the missionary and was like, you know, honestly, I have the same question for you because for us, God is all we have. But for you, you have everything. Yeah. You have no need of God. Yeah. You have no need. You have all of your needs are taken care of in America. All of your needs are taken care of in the West. Why would you even need to seek God? Mm -hmm. For us, he's all we have. So it's easy for us. So you have this idea that because wow. of technology and, and our modern age and all this stuff that we have in America, that it's actually easier to serve God. But the risk is greater. Yeah. It's not to say that poor people or those who would be impoverished couldn't fall into idolatry. Yeah. But I'll say this, once set free from idolatry, those who really understand in poor nations who the true provider is, they're not turning back. Yep. But for us, where there's this constant tug and pull between the love of this world and the love of our God. I know of some African tribes, again, not to make this about you know, Eastern and Western or whatever, but truly guys, there's some African tribes that when they come to Christ, they grind their idols into powder and they yeah, put them man. in a little vial and they wear them around their neck yeah. to remind themselves of, this is how meaningless and pointless my old God was compared to the supreme God that I worship now. I mean, it's, it's really ridiculous. Like, is when you start talking about um, idols of wood, idols of stone, these different things, you're thinking, okay, I mean, there's a passage, I can't remember exactly where it is, but in the Old Testament where God is saying like, Guys, seriously, like you're saying you're going to cut down a tree. You're going to use half of it to burn on a fire to cook your food. And the other half, you're going to carve into a wooden idol and you're going to bow down and worship it as if it can do anything for you. Mm -hmm. and, and we say, oh, well, we would never do that. But we do the same thing with our money. 
We depend on our jobs to bring fulfillment. We depend on our relationships. Oh, if I don't have a boyfriend, then I'm nothing. No, this boyfriend brings identity to me. We worship a boyfriend. We worship a girlfriend. We worship our spouse. So many different ways that we can fall into the trap of idolatry. Yeah. You can't talk about American idolatry without going. Don't Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, without going to reality TV. La 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 la. You're right. Shows like the voice. Let's talk about that. American Jeff. idol. Um, uh, Britain's got talent. You know, all America's these, got talent. America's Japan's got talent. Got talent. <laughs> Sweden's got talent. Yes. Yes. I mean, come on. Like, when, when, when you boil it down, guys, you're like, Jeff, this is just entertainment. Come on, man. It's just a little bit of fun. And trust me, I get it. I'm not saying if you watch these shows, you're sinning. However, think about the purpose of these shows. Think about what's happening here. We each have a deep longing for a big wow in our lives. Yep. And honestly, it makes me think about the original Incredibles. I'll take a little rabbit trail here, but this is going to play back into... Uh, this American Idol thing. It makes me think about the first movie, The Incredibles, the animated movie. <clears throat> There's a moment where uh, Mr. Incredible comes home from work. I love right? this, yes. He pulls into his driveway. He's frustrated, angry, whatever, and he bends his car, ends up lifting his car. He's about to throw it. He's so angry. And there's the little boy with the with the bubble gum sitting on his tricycle, right? And he, he just sets the car down and walks back inside. Oh, yes. I really love that movie. One of the best quotable animated movies of all time. And it's pretty cool how it can also help us understand the longing that each of us has deep inside, put there by God himself, to be amazed, to be wowed, to stand in awe of something. And how if we're not careful, we'll spend our entire lives scouring the earth looking for that one thing that can blow our minds, yet always coming up short when the very thing we're searching for is the fulfillment that comes from the God who made us. Hey guys, don't forget, I'm going to be on the 700 Club singing a brand new song this week and sharing the message of awakening pure worship. So call up a few friends and then tune in on Thursday, November 29 at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to check your local listings and if nothing else, tune in at cbn.com. Hey, well, we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend with friends and family and we wanted to remind you, in case you didn't get enough Black Friday shopping in but you can snag a few copies of my book as gifts for the ones you love from amazon.com or walmart.com or simply by visiting my website jeffdo.com all right as we get back into the conversation josh reminds us that idolatry comes in many forms even in the form of addiction to ministry and i highlight what the bible says about the preposterous way that god responds to our ridiculous idolatry i'm telling you you won't believe it so grab a blanket and a fresh cup of coffee and focus in as we keep rocking on the pure worship podcast Later in the movie, the same scene happens and Mr. Incredible says to the little tyke on the trike, he says, what are you waiting for? And then the little guy says, I don't well, know, something amazing, I guess. Yes, I Dude, love that part. that yeah. is idol. I mean, it's, it's the longing inside of each of us. We're all looking for something amazing, yeah. I guess. <laughs> 
So we, and, and of course, Mr. Incredible says, me too, kid. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so we can all say me too to that. Well, we come to American Idol and these types of shows. I mean, it does have the word idol in the name. So I don't know. That could be a clue. Yeah. But think about the purpose of this. We have this longing in our hearts for the big wow, for mm. something to amaze us. Yeah. So what do we do? We search the planet trying to find someone that we can dress up pretty, put on a stage, and we can all go, wow, Yeah. look at this. I mean, you know, think of those moments. And I've watched the YouTube videos too. Like, I mean, Susan Boyle, right? She gets up there, she stammers through a few things a few years back, and you think, and everybody's kind of chuckling to themselves, looking about, oh my word, she's just gonna make a fool of herself. But then, she opens her mouth and begins to sing. What does the audience do? Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it's just so wonderful, everybody's clapping, and oh, it just, oh, it touches my heart, right? Right? And I'm crying like an idiot. Just, ah, yeah, it's, it's and of course, there's nothing wrong with being excited about how this dream is coming true for yeah. Susan. And, and wow, what a great voice she has. But all of these things, why is it that we want to worship the voice or the, the created thing when it's the creator who made it? Did Susan Boyle give herself a voice? No, God created her. He made every fiber of her being yeah. to be beautiful and even to shock us and surprise us in that moment with what we thought was a book with a different looking cover that now had this beautiful sound. Yeah. But it just exposes our need for something, the big wow, yeah. right? To be able to say, whoa. And so we create these shows. And of course, men get rich at the expense of artists who want to be famous and all that. That's a whole nother topic. But we spend every waking moment waiting to see who's going to win, who's going to be the big star, who's going to, you know, give us the, the, the heart palpitations mm-hmm. or the goosebumps when they sing. And that is a form of idolatry because it's something that God has put in us that can only be satisfied truly by God himself, not by his creation. So we're looking for inspiration. And that word inspire literally means to breathe in. And I just think like, if we're looking at any other thing other than the Holy Spirit's breath, you know, looking to Christ, the author and our perfecter of our faith, if we're not looking to those things for inspiration, the bottom line is just going to, everybody knows this, so this is redundant, but it's going to fall flat. It's going to come yes. up empty. It's going to, we're just going to be looking for the next thing to breathe a breath of yes. life into us. What's the next big show? What's the next big yep. this? What's the next big that? Constantly looking to something else. And how ridiculous is it that we seek and worship the created thing? Yes. When it's the creator that we're longing for. Yeah. So we have these temporary satisfying things and really what he wants to do is satisfy us. Okay, we can't, we can't, I mean, if Jeff, we're talking about don't, 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 don't. American Idol, we, no, we don't got to go to sports oh. too, right? I mean, you can't talk about idolatry go. without messing with some people's sports. I'm done. I'm done with this yeah. podcast. <laughs> but of course, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't even know about you on this issue. You know what? To be honest... You don't care. I'll right? get to my idols in a sec. Okay, I really right. don't care about the NFL yeah. or anything. So we all have different things. Dude, I love watching football. I grew up in Denver. I love the Denver Broncos. Uh, man, I just love it. It's almost like, and I would joke about this, but like if I cut myself, I bleed orange. I mean, come on, go Broncos. But but honestly, it's such a danger. Yeah. And and boy, we have worked hard, even in our family, to make sure that we're prioritizing things right. It's not a sin to to watch a football game. Right. But it 
is a sin to build your life around sports. Mm-hmm. And so in the book, I tell this story um, about the Minneapolis miracle that happened here this last year. Never heard about it. No, just <laughs> With the Minnesota Vikings, you know, Case Keenum, they're down to the Saints by one point because the Saints got a last minute miracle field goal. Yeah. And now they've literally got like two or three plays. Now it's third down this is or maybe it's fourth down and there's only a few seconds left and they're 67 yards from the end zone they have to score yeah there's no not enough time to get a field goal going here so they have to score so you know case Keenum sets back throws a, a rainbow of a pass Diggs catches it he should have easily been tackled but he runs into the end zone mm-hmm. and the announcer screams it's a Minneapolis miracle, you know? Look, dude, I am literally, I mean, because the Broncos are out of the uh, postseason at that point, our whole family's watching the game. I'm grabbing my children. We're yelling. We're screaming. We're going, oh my gosh, can you believe it? It's a miracle. And all this stuff. We're crazy. We're I was freaking out too, man. And I'm not even an NFL guy, but I was like, <laughs> this is oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, right? It was incredible. Okay, so that reminds me of a post that I saw from a pastor friend. He talks about this Buffalo Bills Colts game that happened this last year, and it was like a blizzard that was happening during the game. It snowed at least 12 to 15 inches during the game. So, I mean, there's literally a foot of snow on the field. They're just trying to keep the lines clear, you know, running shovels across or whatever, trying to keep the lines clear so you could see. It was hilarious to even watch it. Well, you would think that people would stay home, but no. The Bills fans are there and they are there in full. That place Mm -hmm. is packed out and they're sitting there, right? So what does my friend do? He posts this thing, the caption, it's a picture of all of the fans sitting in the snow on hard benches with literally snow covering them, you know, a foot, six inches of snow all around them. And the caption reads, pastor, I don't like to come to church because the services are long and the seats are too uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, you know, you can't talk about idolatry and, you know, not talk about sports. Yeah. Right. Here's the thing. It is not wrong to be passionately committed to something. Right. It's not bad to say, hey, I enjoy a football game. I don't mind sitting in the cold. Unless you come to a church service and we're talking about the creator of the universe. Yeah. Not a bunch of guys chasing around an odd shaped ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's one thing to love that game, but it's a different thing to come into a church service and after two minutes of prayer be yawning. Come on. It's a different thing after five minutes of worship to be kind of looking at your watch going, do we really, can, can we get on to what's more important in life? I mean, this is our God. Yeah. He's our creator. And so it's not, it's not that anybody has a problem with a guy who enjoys football. It's not wrong to do that. It's not wrong to enjoy food. It's not wrong to enjoy whatever it is on this earth that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. But if you enjoy those things more than you enjoy the father, can I say that maybe you have not had a true encounter with the father? Wow. You have not seen, there's not been a true revelation of who he is. Yep. Because he's way better than an odd shaped ball. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, for me, man, I remember being a sixth grader, you know, at Bible camp and the speaker was this awesome drummer and yep. in sixth grade, drums was everything Here we to go. me, Here you we know? Go. So I was like, oh man, Chuck, you know, do you think there'll be drums in heaven? <laughs> and he's like, 
dude, I could light this thing on fire and walk away and never play him again. Wow. He says, because compared to the glory of the Lord. And I'm just like, as a sixth and grader. He was so gifted. And he, he was, was like, he was amazing. He thought he was like, whoa. But what it did to my little sixth grade heart was like, oh, maybe there's something more. Wow. But Jeff, I'll confess to you, man, a major idol in my life has been ministry. So it doesn't sure. need to be all these things that we, yep. you know, um, like spend a whole bunch of money on and do all this stuff. Maybe it's just, man, I... I'm addicted to ministry. Sure. Maybe I just can't take my minister hat off and just love my wife or love my kids. Yep. That can be a mistress. And Absolutely. I know for a lot of people in our sphere, that becomes an idol. Another thing as a worship leader, quote yep. unquote, like worship can become an idol Absolutely. to me. This thing, this music and yep. all this yep. stuff when it's not really about the Lord and the Lord is saying, man, you come to me and you fast and you do all this stuff. But man, I'm calling you just to return to the, yes. to the first love that I've given yes. you. So yep. there's all these different things. Yeah. And, and I love it. You segued well and didn't necessarily know you were doing that, but the idea you brought up the mistress thing, you know, and you, ah, uh, you know, this is, this is where it gets a little uh, maybe embarrassing or sticky or whatever, but you're like, okay, so what we're saying is I could be married to my wife and have a quote, happy marriage, but then also have a mistress on the side to fulfill some other needs that I might think that I have. Hmm. So God is saying that's not okay. Of course, we, everybody would agree. Most people would say, hey, that's not good. That's not nice. Yep. Martha would be upset, all that stuff. That's not fair. Maybe there's a growing part of our world today that would say, hey, however you feel, just go with it. But we're going to say, hey, we, we agree that this is not right. Well, God is saying the same thing about us. Yeah. He's like, on one hand, you're coming to church, but then you have these other mistresses or you have, and he, the way he uses it in the Bible, he talks about us prostituting ourselves Wow. as we come to other lovers come on for now. the fulfillment that he wants to give us. Wowzer. He wants to fulfill us, but we're going to other lovers. Now, it can even go so far as us going to church for what we might call a one-night stand. Mm -mm. Like, we just go to church to get our goosebumps. We just go to church because we can sing that song and, ooh, I feel that feeling. And that's not who God is. God is not designed. That would be like, well... Yeah, that would be like going to, to get the feel-goods from a prostitute yep. without the relationship. That's what we're saying, right? It's the feel-goods without the relationship. Right. What God wants is the relationship, and the relationship does provide feel-goods for us yep. as we have emotions that follow, as we stand in the presence of God, all that stuff. So I want to just real quick get into one last scripture here. It's fairly intense, but it ends beautifully. Jeremiah chapter 2 uh, and it talks about this thing, how the people of Israel were lost in idolatry. Oh, my, my. And I'm not going to do a whole lot here, but you could look it up. Jeremiah chapter two. And the title of this where it starts in verse 23 is Israel, comma, an unfaithful wife. Okay. So, right. We're the bride of Christ. So Israel is the bride. And so here we are highlighting this idea that they have been unfaithful. Yeah. So I'm just going to read. Uh, verse 31 <clears throat> says this, and the whole chapter is just unbelievable, but verse 31 says, Oh, my people, listen to the words of the Lord. Have I been like a desert to Israel? Have I been to them a land of darkness? Why then do my people say, at last we are free from God. We won't have anything to do with him anymore. Does a young woman forget her jewelry? Does a bride hide her wedding dress? No. Yet for years on end, my people have forgotten me. Verse 33 says this. 
how you plot and scheme to win your lovers. Wow. The most experienced prostitute could learn from you. Uh. Oh my word. So he's saying, guys, like if a prostitute wanted to learn how to up her game, she could come to Israel and learn how to do so. And Israel represents the church. We are the church. So the church, we have so many lovers that the prostitute could learn from us. Yeah. Oh, it rips, man. It's so challenging. And we don't even see the lovers that we have. We don't understand that we're prostituting ourselves. Wow. All right. But what I want to do here, Josh, is I want to turn this thing and I want us to help us understand. Once again, we're talking about who we worship. This is the God we worship. In the face of our idolatry, how does God respond? Hmm. The God that we serve, does he respond by saying, guess what? I'm cutting you off. You're done. It's over. No. How does he respond? He responds. Let's skip ahead to Jeremiah chapter 3. And I'm going to look at verse 12, okay? Uh, Let's go to verse 11, okay? Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 11. And the title is Hope for (laughs) Wayward Israel. Somebody say hope. Hope. Oh, come on, man. You guys have hope out there. I'm telling you, we have hope because of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus. says this, verse 11. Then the Lord said to me, even faithless Israel is less guilty than treacherous Judah. Therefore, go and say these words to Israel. This is what the Lord says, O Israel, my faithless people. Listen, come home to me again, for I am merciful. Who is God? He's merciful, right? Mm. He says, come home to me again, for I am merciful. I will not be angry with you forever. Verse 13, what's our part in this? See, there's a part. There's a part that God has. He says, I'm merciful. Then he says, here's your part. Verse 13, only acknowledge your guilt. Admit that you have rebelled against the Lord. Yeah. I mean, it's such a beautiful picture of who God is. He could just say, you know what? I'm just going to flood the whole world again and just start over. Yeah. But he said, I'll never do that again. I'm going to offer you mercy. Hmm. I'm going to offer you. This is who God is. This is why the revelation of mercy now causes us to respond with worship. And what is our response? It's not to first go sing the song. Our response is to acknowledge Acknowledge it and say, God, I have, I have loved sports more than I have loved you. In fact, we have skipped church regularly. We've skipped time with God regularly because we've been going to sporting activities or practices. I've even let our kids do those things. That's idolatry. Not that you can't miss one or two, whatever, mm-hmm. but it's a practice, right? Or, or say you admit, Lord, I, I admit I have loved food. Hmm. more than I've loved you or I've loved music or I've loved entertainment or I've loved sex Hmm. or I've loved just go down the list and we just admit I'm telling you Josh and I are right here with you we are saying because the people of God are not perfect but they admit that they're not perfect and then they allow the Holy Spirit to come and change their ways. That's it. So we're saying, God, we're not perfect. And we admit we don't rebel or resist and say, ah, forget you, God. We don't want your offer of relationship. We want to get our feel goods elsewhere. Right. No, we're saying 
we admit we've tried to get satisfaction from other things and we repent. Yeah. Help us. First of all, forgive us by the blood of Jesus. Yep. And then help us by the Holy Spirit now to forsake those things and run to you. Yeah. Man, I got this scripture and this is Psalm 24. And I just think this really sums up a lot of stuff. It says this, the earth and everything in the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. Yes. So that goes, that, that idolatry thing, it, it says right here plain in the scripture, it says that everything is the Lord's, you know, the whole, the whole earth, all its inhabitants. For he has laid its foundation on the seas and established it on the rivers. Mm-hmm. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not set his mind on what is false, mm. and who has not sworn deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Wow. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Now look at this. Now here's here's a response of worship. It says, lift up your heads, you gates. Raise up come ancient on. doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of mm. glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift mm. up your heads, you gates. Rise up ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is he? This king of glory, he's the Lord of hosts, the Lord almighty. He is the king of glory. Man, that's worship. Who is God? There it is right there, right? Yeah. And we need that revelation. We're caught up in idolatry and finding all of our joy and and satisfaction, so many other things when he is it. In fact, it's impossible to be satisfied apart from him. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing. He's calling us, know him, receive the revelation of who he is. And then you will have this awakened worship that you long for. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us for this week's Pure Worship Podcast entitled American Idolatry. Look, we would love it if you would share the ways in which the Pure Worship Podcast has touched your life, either by sending us an email to info at jeffdo.com or on Facebook or Instagram or even by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or Podbean. As you know, our call to action in this podcast is simple yet profound. Josh challenges us to truly allow the Lord to come and expose the idols in our lives. And I invite us to continue the process by acknowledging to God through repentance that we have loved other things in our lives more than God himself. Okay, on our next podcast, Josh and I circle back out of great necessity to the topic of the secret place as Josh shares a very personal story of how this podcast has powerfully upended some things in his life. So set a reminder for Tuesday and we'll see you on the next Pure Worship Podcast.